Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Alright, it is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and our dude Jamie Rivers joining us. And unfortunately, uh, Jeff Burton is again not joining us. And Jamie, I'll be incredibly honest with you. I have dreaded this particular thing uh, in, in talking about this on the podcast, and and I'll be very truthful, and, and I've said this to you, man, I think I'm still living in a huge world of denial when it comes to Jeff and Jeff's health. And so I'm at the point, man, where like the only people that I like to talk about it with is you and Mary, and I don't even like doing that, really. And so I don't exactly know what to say except for I'm glad that we have this opportunity to do this, you and I, because in a weird way, it's therapeutic, even though our homeboy isn't here. But like you've said to me a million times that when Jeff's not here, I know that he wants you and I to do the best podcast that we could possibly, possibly do. And so that's what we're doing. But I'm really still a mess about it, man. Yeah, and I don't know what to say, man. Like I don't know. It, it, I don't know if there's anything that you necessarily have to say. I think it's kind of understood. I think everybody who uh, who knows Jeff Burton, and if and if you didn't know him very well, and you've inquired about him recently, you've probably gone down a wormhole of audio and shows and funny stuff that Jeff has done over the years. Look, I, it, to me, the bottom line is that we keep plowing ahead. You know, miracles happen. I'm not going to hold my breath for that at this point. But I do know that Jeff has said many times, even when he couldn't be here just because, he's like, no, no, you guys go kick that podcast's ass. You know, you go, you go. So I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep showing up here and doing this podcast uh, weekly. And when the season gets going again, we'll do it twice a week. And we're going to do it to the best of our ability. 
Why? Because that's what Jeff would want. Yeah. He would kick us both in the balls if we started to drag ass or drag our lip or, you know, get depressed about it. He'd be like, no, no, don't do that because this is a way for Jeff to you know, still be a part of it all. I, I, I know you're right, man. He would be so annoyed if we, like, let it go to crap or if we, you know, if we just didn't attack it the way that we always have. And you said this best, man. You said this a week or two ago when we were talking about it. You know, those last couple of weeks that Jeff was here in the building, I cannot imagine the degree of pain that that guy was going through every day to literally just try to come into work. He wanted it. He wanted to be here so badly. And um, that to me, man, is just so impressive and so indicative of the kind of guy and the kind of warrior that he is, man. Yeah, it's crazy to think that uh, we sit here and we go, oh, man, that happened so fast. No, it had been happening the whole time, except our boy, Jeff, he put on a brave face and came here and made it sound like, ah, it's all right. You know, ah, yeah, I feel a little, little, little sluggish today. Meanwhile, he's battling, you know, tooth and nail with this damn thing called cancer and is probably hurting him to even just walk into the friggin' building yeah. and he's showing up and doing it and wanting to be a part of it and not complaining. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is. But Jeff never complained. Ah, man. He ne- never complained about it. He's like, ah, you know, every now and then he'd get a little bit, but then he'd be optimistic again. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, one of the last couple of times, or maybe even the last couple of times that we podcasted with Jeff, he, and I think it's probably, I, I don't think he would mind that it's going behind the curtain a little bit, but like, he would start the podcast locked in, ready to go, so excited to do it. But Jamie, we could see... His yeah. body language as just our half hour, 45 minutes went on yeah. to the point where poor dude would have his head on the counter towards the end of it. He'd be slumped over, head on the counter. You yeah. know, but I, I'll tell you, and I, I do I, I do want to share this um, with everybody. And I, I know that we're going to have many times and, and lots of times to talk about Jeff. But, you know, this year, because of the podcast, Jeff and I had the opportunity to um, broadcast the first preseason game with Curbs. And then a couple of different times we got to do, you know, the pre and post game with Alex at the game. And man, just that's my emails, by the way. Awesome. Um, But uh, Jeff and I getting to do that and getting to walk from the media entrance upstairs and just continually saying, I can't believe we get to do this. (laughs) They really must not know who they're letting in here, you know, but it was just really amazing that we got to share that experience that, you know, man, both of us would have never in a million years thought that we would have gotten the opportunity to do. Yeah. Well, you guys have been awesome with this podcast and you know, I love doing it so much. And it was so awesome to, to have you guys go through that and to experience it. And, you know, we poked fun at you guys, you know, what do you wear? Not yeah. sure, all that stuff. <laughs> but you know what? It's, uh, it's pretty amazing when after all the years you've been involved in radio, you and Jeff, that you still got to experience a first at yeah. this point in your life. And so it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad he had a chance to do that. And, you know, he, we won't forget it. We're certainly not going to forget Jeff, that's for sure. I really hope that by the time that we go see Jeff in a matter of hours tonight, that uh, Matthew Kachuk will be a St. Louis Blue. Oh. I'm sure that that's probably a little bit uh, wishful thinking at this point. but uh, Just to see his reaction. Yeah, 100%, man, because when I, you know, we have been exchanging text messages, as you know, you have with him, and he didn't know about the Perron stuff. So, you know, we filled him in on that. 
<laughs> and uh, his response was WTF, multiple question marks when it came to Perron. And uh, even in his, you know, bit of a haze state, you know, Jeff really saying what a lot of Blues fans are thinking, like sort of more or less, it's like a, I honestly feel like, Jamie, it's a kachuk or bust kind of situation right now. And I know that that might be overstating and overshooting, but like with Perron now gone, knowing that Tarasenko, whether it be this year or after the, I mean, I feel like that Matthew Kachuk is needed for this team at this point to be a competitive team in the Western Conference. Well, when you look at Colorado and you look at the powerhouse that they had and still have, and quite honestly, they got better at the goaltender position. So they locked that down. They re-signed Manson. They've got some good pieces. Nikushkin's going to be back for another eight years with the Avalanche. That's, that's going to be a thorn in your side moving forward. So as the Blues sit right now, their roster, I'm confident in that roster. Do I think that they can beat the Avalanche outright? Tough call. But I also go back to last playoffs where Jordan Bennington was standing on his head. And had he not gotten hurt and had you had, you had Tory Krug available to you, Things are maybe a little different. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not suggesting that they come back and they win that series. But, dude, they were, what, six seconds away from pushing overtime in game six. Mm-hmm. They win that game and go on to a game seven. Anything is possible. But that's also assuming that, you know, imagine if you had Bennington and Krug. Maybe it's flip-flop. Maybe you're up right. three to two in the series. And you're trying to close it out here rather than, you know, try to come back in the series. So I, I don't think it's Kachuk or bust. Uh, but I do think for this team to take that next big step, it's Matthew Kachuk. It's Matthew Kachuk. You add that guy to your lineup, it's a 105-point player. Uh, he's big, he's strong, he skates well, he plays good defense. Uh, he's a net front presence. He's got incredible talent. He'll fight you. He doesn't care. The, the guy is a unicorn mm-hmm. in the hockey world. There's very few players at all anymore like Matthew Kachuk. You used to have him back in the day. You'd have the Mark Messier uh, the John LeClaire, uh, you know, the Rod Brendamore, like the powerful, yeah. tough, in-your-face guy. Wendell Clark was a guy, too. Those guys are gone. You've got such dynamic skill now that guys like Matthew Kachuk are they're rare, they're almost extinct. And so when you have a chance to add a guy like that to your roster, to your organization, let alone the fact that the family – you know, Big Walt works for the team. Big Walt's a legend here in St. Louis and in the NHL for that mm-hmm. matter. Brady's a captain up in Ottawa. Uh, both boys summer here in St. Louis. This would be huge. The fan base here would go absolutely berserk. They'd sell out of Kachuk jerseys like immediately. A hundred percent. So, all right, then then let's real talk, Jamie. A okay. couple things. I'll try. What, what do you honestly believe the chances of this happening are and – Coupled with that, for the six millionth time, I'm sure that you've thought about this in the last 24 to 48 hours to two weeks, what is going to be the package that it's going to take to get Calgary to trade him? I got to assume that Jordan Cairo has got to be a part of that deal. Well, right now it's being reported that the Blues are like, no, he's off limits. Thomas Cairo and Pareko off limits. Cairo's the guy that's going to make this deal happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Blues, knowing, you know, right now they're playing a little bit of hardball. You know, he's not available. So in doing so, what happens is you get the other team to start to identify other players that they would like. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you throw in a Cairo at the end of it, take one of the other guys off the board, and you solidify the deal. Okay. You're like, okay, you know what? We're willing to finally part with Cairo. 
Uh, we're not going to give you player X, though. He's mm-hmm. too valuable to us. We're taking him out of the trade, but we're putting Kyrou there. Do we have a deal? So is this going to be a Jake Neighbors? Is this going to be a Zachary Bolduc? Is this going to who, – who is this going to be that's going to be going with him? And then, you know, we've heard these rumors in the last couple of days about that gigantic Tory Krug contract potentially being in play here. And I just can't see Calgary – that being a, a player or a piece that Calgary would want back in this equation. So Tory Krug has a full no-trade clause. Full. He, so doesn't even have a list of teams he would actually go to. Homeboy ain't going to Calgary. He's not going to Calgary. Yeah. So that's where people need to like pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, there's ways you can kind of force a guy and kind of sort of, but I don't know if Army wants to do that in this situation. Uh, Tory Krug has been a very good player here, um, and he's a part of your organization for long term. So you try not to give him the ultimatum type thing. Um, so I, I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as a, a package that would go to Calgary, I think you have to have Cairo. Um, I think Scott Perunovich is part of that package. Why? Because you already have Tory Krug. Okay. You have a proven Scott Perunovich, where Perunovich has been healthy or has not been healthy for two years in a row. Can he actually play a full season in the NHL to be determined? Yes, he's a great talent, but still to be determined. Mm-hmm. So I think that he would be a nice piece for the Calgary Flames to be like, okay, Kairou Perunovich. Now here's where it gets a little dicey for me. I think I would send Clem Costin. Okay. In this deal, because he needs a new, he, he, in my opinion, he needs to change the scenery. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he should still hold some value because uh, if you look at him, you know, he, he's bigger than Matthew Kachuk. Uh, he plays that rough and tumble style. He could be a power forward. So it's not a, it's not a hard sell to the Flames. Hey, listen, we know you lost Matthew. That's some size on your wing. That's some grit, some sandpaper. Clint Costin is not Matthew Kachuk. But he is a big guy, left-handed shot, plays the wing up and down, get to the front of the net. You know, it's a nice little addition to your club. And if you're able to work with him, maybe Daryl Sutter works with him. You know, He is coach of the year and draws out the best in Clint Costin. All of a sudden, if you get the best at Clint Costin, it's like fa- finding another first-round pick. You're like, wow, this guy's perfect. Right. So I think those three players and a first-round pick, whether it's 23 or 24 or 25 the year, First-round pick, you throw it in there, uh, you make the deal. Now, if they push back and say, we don't want Clint Costin, we want Jake Neighbors. He played in Edmonton uh, from the Oil Kings junior hockey. People in Alberta know who Jake Neighbors is. He was the captain there, right? He was a captain. They won the Western Hockey League, went to the Memorial Cup final, all that stuff. They want Jake Neighbors. Okay, I'll do it. But you're also going to take Marco Scandella. In this deal. Okay. I'm going to include Marco Scandella and his $3.2 million to that contract. And that's that. Now, I'm taking the first rounder out, too. You get Jake Neighbors, who is a, a top prospect. He's the guy. He's the one you want. Kairou's right. another top prospect. You're getting three top-level yeah. players. And you're getting a veteran defenseman that can play on your team. If you don't want him, buy him out. I don't care. But you're taking him in the deal because you're robbing me of my three blue-chip prospects. Man, this is so fascinating to me, the inner workings as to what is happening behind the scenes with this particular situation. And I was thinking about one of the main reasons, not one of the main reasons, there's a million reasons why I want Matthew Kachuk here, but I feel like it's been a minute since the Blues have had a player 
that is hated by other teams and by other players. And I, and I say that kind of halfway joking, but I think the Blues need that mm-hmm. little bit of nasty. And we have been talking about that for a few years. I know this is not hockey in 1994 anymore, but there are definitely times where I feel like the Blues are lacking in a little snarl, and Matthew is going to bring that every single night. Who's the only guy that comes to your brain when you talk about, oh, well, he cheap shot at so-and-so. Player X, he'll get him. What Blues player do you think of right away? I mean, unfortunately, the first person I think of that answers back is Braden Shin. There you go. Okay. So, Braden Shin. Okay. You have added, if you get Matthew Kachuk, you have added Matthew Kachuk and you've added Noel Achari. Both of those guys play with a tremendous amount of sandpaper. Now you've got Braden Shin, Matthew Kachuk, Noel Achari up front. That's just, you know, who knows what else they could be in the cooker here. But those are your guys now that you're like, okay, you want to screw around? We may not have Ryan Reeves, but we got three guys that are more than willing to either fight you, hit you, whatever it is. Because Matthew Kachuk, you don't know. Zach Cassian found out quickly, keep your head up on the ice because Matthew Kachuk's going to take it off. And then when you least expect it is when he'll fight you, and he's not afraid to do it. Right. So... Braden Shen, we know how he plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Noel Achari is very much like that little smaller version, but that's fine. Keep all those little piss ants in check that run around to think they have diplomatic immunity because they're just little guys. Uh, no, absolutely. No, 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 uh, uh. We got a little guy over here. He's spitting fire. He'd like to have a word with you. <laughs> right. I love it. I love the dynamic of it. And they fit perfectly into a Craig Berube coached team. Yeah. And I got yelled at on the text line yesterday saying, oh, yeah, sure. Build your team around your coach, lunkhead. Really? It was on the text line. It wasn't like in person. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Me. And they get real brave on oh, that yeah. text line. Balls the size of church bells, I'll tell you. <laughs> but my comeback was, your team in 2019, did you like your team? You did, right? Did you win a Stanley Cup? You did. You probably drank a lot of beers once the Blues won the Stanley Cup, right? Hell, you probably sang Gloria. Way out of tune. <laughs> right. But you did it, right? <laughs> right. So zip your lips. Don't tell me about building a team around a coach. You did it in 2019, and you won the cup. And you got you have to do something similar to that, or you're going to have a coach playing. You're going to have players playing on the opposite. Yeah, I'm not you trying to another make sense Mike of the Hoffman text experiment. Oh God, I, Mike Hoffman's a talented hockey player. Yeah. He did not fit the St. Louis Blues way of playing. <laughs> that is a that is a circle in a square peg hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And that's what I. That's why I think you find the square peg and put it in the square hole. Or, is it a hole? Square hole? Well, I, I, thank God Jeff is in here. Is it your hole or my hole? Uh, you know what? I, I'm actually thank, uh, thankful this time that he's not here because then you two would be going off into this <laughs> little goofy freaking giggle around. Jeff, what do you think? <laughs> Any hole? Okay. So, so th- you know, that said, as, you know, as we look in to next season, Matthew Kachuk or not, how are you, how do you look at that that the the group back on the defensive end of things, um, because that was kind of something that we had talked about after the season was over about maybe a place where the Blues could add. But you're going to get a whole season from Nick Nick Letty, I was which say, I think, you did add. You well, added Nick Letty right back into the fold. So does that, in your mind, solidify that defense and make you feel good about it going in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. You got Nick Letty who. Four years, four million. I think that's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Some people, I wouldn't have given him the fourth year. Well, then you would have paid five million a year. Three, you would have had three years at fifteen million. Like, no, he's lower the AAV. He skates as good as anybody in the NHL right now. We saw it in the playoffs. He was, you know, 
right neck and neck with some of the fastest guys he played against, with, and it didn't even look like he was laboring to do it. Yeah. So you add Nick Letty, you have Colton Pareko. Let's get a full season. Let's see what that looks like for a full year. Then you got Tori Krug and Justin Falk. Let's see what that looks like for a full year, because last year it was jambalaya all over the place. Guys right. were playing everywhere. Right. And then your third pair, as it sits for me, is Mikola and Bortuzzo. You have Scandella in the wings. Now I'm assuming, like, I'm playing this forward that Perunovic has now been traded. Mm-hmm. If he's not traded, you also have Perunovic sitting there. So, And you got Callie Rosen, who you signed a very heavy two-way contract to. Yeah. And he proved last year that although you may not want him playing every single other shift against the Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> right? he did a really good job. So I'm more than comfortable with the decor uh, that the Blues have right now. I'm comfortable with the goaltending that they have right now. And if you added a Matthew Kachuk, man, that team is good. Well, and also, too, and, and, and I know that unlike other uh, major sports organizations in our town, Uh-oh. I feel as though that the Blues are, it, folks. <laughs> are very keyed in on the fan. And I think the Blues are, ve- are very much in the know what this means if they get I mean, can you? I mean, I would imagine ticket sales aren't suffering no matter what. But can you imagine if they get Matthew Kachuk in here? Well, ticket sales and advertising. Like, who doesn't want to be a part of the Blues when you have, you know, the last name it it plays. Yep. Keith Kachuk is a massive personality here in St. Louis, and Matthew Kachuk, Keith Kachuk, Brady Kachuk. If you're sitting there and you're, you know, some big company, let's say you're QT, okay? You're like, all right, I need to make sure that I'm visible on the ice because everybody in St. Louis is going to be watching these games, and I got to make sure that my logo is on the ice, QT. And we some some kind of a deal following the game. We'll get Matthew to drink out of a QT cup for every interview after the game. Like, boom, now you're making money. Yeah. The team is doing well. So, the money that you're going to spend, you'll make it back. You will make the dollar back. The hard part is a salary cap mm-hmm. because he's $9 million this year. He'll be $10 million probably as an AAV moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Now, the cap will go up. It'll go up probably $5 million, maybe more, next year. Oh, wow. So that's a big hop as opposed to the last couple years where it's barely moved. Well, they put that flat cap in place on purpose. They put a um, a time frame on it for the pandemic. They okay. said for the next two or three years, and it ended up being three seasons, we're just flat cap. This year, they let it go up a million dollars just to help out with inflation, right? Gary Bettman also, during the Stanley Cup final, said that we had record high for revenues this season. That. What does that tell you? Well, I mean, I, I mean, it, things are good. I Every mean, other year where they've had a revenue, uh, a positive, oh. it bumps the salary cap. It it raises it every year. So if they had a record level of revenue last year, it's only going to get better this year. Yeah. And so that, therefore, the salary cap will jump substantially. All right. So then, you know, speaking of the salary cap, one of the things in which that I had read in my numerous readings about David Perron going on to Detroit, or as we like to call them, the St. Louis Blues of the North. Um, <laughs> well, Louis, the Detroit Blue Wings? Right, right. Was it really just about a half a million dollars that separated David Perron and the Blues that the Wings were able to give him that the Blues were not? I, I, I am – and listen, I understand – 
and, and I'm, I would be a very bad general manager because I would want to always re-sign my own guys. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't always do that. And I know that Doug, Doug Armstrong has always shown, hey, this is my line. I'm not going over that line. But man, Jamie, he wanted to come back here. He, he, he is such a valuable player yeah. on the power play and a St. Louis guy. Please help this make sense to me. Okay, well. I mean, I guess, you know what? I know it makes sense. It's a salary cap thing. It's got to be. But it just sucks. You wanted to shore up your defense, right? Yep. You had to spend $4 million. On Nick Letty. That's your pivot. Mm -hmm. Is you were like, we got to make sure we get a top four defenseman. There wasn't a a plethora of left-handed shot top four defensemen. There's quite a few right-handed shot defensemen. But we saw how that worked out. When Justin Falk came here and they tried to play him on the left side, he did okay. Yeah. But, boy, he's much better on his right side. You tell the difference. And so I think that – and when you look at right now, the Blues are right up against the salary cap right now. So imagine trying to add $4.7 million right now or even $4 million. Yeah. You're, you're $3.5 million over the cap. You can't do it. And that, then now try to trade for Matthew Kachal. Oh, yeah. Then, then there's no way. You can't. It, it wouldn't have been possible. So – I've said this numerous times. David Perron is my homeboy. I mean, I just love the guy. He's a dear friend. Uh, I think he was an amazing player. I love watching him play, his compete level, his leadership, all of it. All of it. I love it. But it was a necessary move in order to shore up your D and now be in the conversation for Matthew Kachuk. Had you not done that, had you not walked, turned away from David Perron, you wouldn't. You would have way too much work to get done to where you couldn't get it done. Probably. Yeah, and I also and, and tell me if I'm crazy here because I know that you will. But but you know with Stevie Y, you know bringing in Oscar Sundquist and Jake Wallman and Ville Husso and now David Perron and like, Robbie Fabry. Robbie Fabry. That's right. Like, is this kind of an indicator of? Some of our guys that helped us win and the managers and, and general managers of other teams saying, ooh, this guy can help and this guy can help. Like, is it a bit of a victim of us being so successful and having these kinds of guys to, to, to spin off? Well, let me ask you this. So in any industry, right, if you see a successful company, maybe a really successful radio show or station, and you're opening up your radio station and you're competing and you see people that are available – from said company, don't you want them? Absolutely, because you know, look what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. These are good. That's a great business. They're run properly, and if they work over there, I know what individual I'm getting here. Mm-hmm. Same concept. Doug Armstrong and the Blues have created amazing culture here, and so the players that are here that contribute, you're getting a quality individual as well as a good player. Look at Oscar Sundquist. You tell me that guy's not a quality individual? Yeah, man. I love David Sonny. Perron. Yeah. Ville Husso. Heck, even Robbie Fabry has matured so much. Like, yeah. you're getting the right guys. And they've all got the championship pedigree, too. They've all been here for the cup. What do you want to do when you have a young team like the Red Wings? You, you want to add guys yeah. that have been there, but they're not so old that they're, like, unrelatable. These guys are right through the lineup. They're different age brackets. They check all the boxes, and they've been there, done that. So for Steve Eiserman, those were easy moves. I'm glad Jeff is not here for me to say that. For him, for me to, for him to hear me say this, 
I am absolutely a Wings fan now. Like I, 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 his I, cardboard cutout almost punched me right, in the face. Okay, right. But I just, you know, you know, man, like seeing Stevie Y up there. I mean, it's just there are just so many reasons I, I feel like to root for that team. It's a great young team. They've got Maurice Sider, Jacob, or uh, Mason Raymond. They've got like so many great pieces in place. Andrew Cop, like Stevie Iserman, has taken that team in Detroit. In the next three years, they will be a Stanley Cup contender. Remember me saying that? Yeah, well, absolutely. So it looks like they're heading in that direction. Maybe Same even thing a little. He did with Tampa. He's doing with the Red Wings. Yeah, and I feel like it's happening a little sooner than maybe we all thought that it that it would. All right. So I want to ask you a few just general NHL things that have been absolutely in my head while I was on vacation. But first and foremost, I am still listen. As a human being, you got to do whatever it is that makes you happy. I fully support that. But Johnny Hockey going to Columbus is something that I do not why do fully you hate understand. Columbus, Donnie? I do not Tell hate me why Columbus. Do you hate Columbus. I actually think it's a really rad little city, and and the hockey team is that's, fine. That's not the feeling I'm getting, Donnie. But but why do you hate Columbus? What have those people done to you? I feel like Johnny Goudreau <laughs> is one of those talents that you see in a big hockey mecca, New Jersey on the aisle. One of those places. Mm-hmm. I really thought that that's where he would be, and not Columbus, because he left money on the table, right? He did. He left money on the table. Heck, I think Calgary offered him the best deal to stay in Calgary. But so let's dissect this a little bit, okay? Johnny Hockey um, wants to start a family. He wants his family to have access to him. And, you know, oh, the private jets and these guys make a ton of money. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. And without, I did this yesterday on the fast lane, without veering off the course here politically, Canada's still got a lot of rules and regulations and COVID things that are in place that make it way more difficult for people to get in, to get out. And Calgary is a long way from. The Northeast, where he's from. Mm -hmm. He's from the Philadelphia, New Jersey area. So he wanted to be close. That's why he originally wanted to play for the Flyers or the Devils. Flyers. So the Flyers, Chuck Fletcher, ended up in a situation that we just talked about. He kept guys and signed guys. And then when it came time for Johnny Hockey, couldn't move enough pieces out of the way to get him in there to fit under the cap. Mm -hmm. So New Jersey, apparently, from what Johnny Goudreau says, he was on... Uh, Spit and Chicklets, and I did not hear the whole thing yet, but he basically said that New Jersey was where he was signing. He was getting ready to sign the contract, and Columbus called. And he just said that uh, the vision they have for the team and where they want to go and the money they gave him, and they threw in you know some other things, I, I, probably a number of flights for his family, mm-hmm. like chartered flights to where they fly him back and forth and whatnot. I mean, teams can do that. It's not a salary cap violation. That's an owner's choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just said it'd end up being the spot where he wanted to be. So it definitely caught the hockey world, yeah. Um, you know, with their pants down because it's like, whoa, I didn't see it coming either. So then let me ask you this, man. Like, like I, you know, I've been a hockey fan my entire life, and there's always this sort of you know, like magical view of the Canadian teams. You know what I mean? Because that's where hockey started and the whole thing. All right. But <laughs> I don't know the best way to say this, but it doesn't seem like a lot of players are breaking their necks to go up there and to play. There's a lot of reasons um, for that. One, uh, taxes are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Taxes are through the roof. You're, you're in a whole other tax bracket. You go up there and it's like 60%. Literally, you're giving up half of more than half of every paycheck. Now, oh, you're making millions. Okay. 
let, let's just put it in perspective, okay? I'm going to take, if you're listening right now, I'm going to take your paycheck, and I'm going to take 60% of your paycheck. It's all relative. Like, it doesn't matter. If you're making, if you sign for $5 million a year, but you're only making $2 million yeah. of that $5 million, that is a big problem. Huge. Huge problem. Yeah. So that's the first thing that uh, is tough for those teams. And a lot of guys don't like necessarily the hyper-focused media up there. And so the three teams that suffer the most are Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. It's cold as you know what mm-hmm. in all three of those places. The media is crazy in those places. You're probably thinking to yourself, what about Toronto? They are. But Toronto is like New York City in Canada. So much to do. It's the place to be. Mm-hmm. You know? And yep. so people, are, I go play in Toronto. Look at Austin Matthews. He's pretty happy. Mitch Marner's pretty happy. Those guys are doing okay. <laughs> looks looks like it. Yeah, they're doing just fine. Yeah. They win a playoff round, be nice. But <laughs> maybe at some point in the future. <laughs> Vancouver is viewed as a awesome place, too. It's a great, thriving metropolis. And like players like, yeah, I'll go sign Vancouver. Montreal? Yeah, I'll go sign Montreal. Are you kidding me? It's the Canadians. Ottawa? <laughs> but... Moving forward now, Ottawa is like Ottawa's an incredible city to live in. Mm-hmm. They just got okay to build a brand new rink, which will go right downtown, which is going to be absolutely ridiculously cool. The players are going to love it. You're going to get fans from all over the place in there. I played for the Ottawa Senators. We were first place in the Eastern Conference. Let me tell you something. That city was friggin' buzzing. Yeah. We're sold out every single friggin' game. The place was loud. It was nuts. We had so much fun. That place there is going to attract free agents. It already got Claude Giroux. Yep. Claude Giroux said, I'm going to go play for the Ottawa Senators, and they've got Brady. They've got, like, they're building a really good team. And Pierre Dorian, finally, unfortunately, with the passing of Eugene Melnick, who is their owner, uh, who handcuffed him on in, in every capacity that you could, everybody thought Pierre Dorian was a terrible general manager. When we're finding out now, he's a really good general manager. He just ha- was not able to do his job. Yeah. So now that he's able to, you know, do his job the right way, everybody's like, oh, my God, yeah. And they got a good head coach. Like, they have got something going on there. So the three outliers that are tough sells are Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Man, and that's just so tough. And I, I played in Ottawa, and um, I played in Montreal. I loved playing in a Canadian city. Yeah. I loved it. But not everybody does. Yeah. A couple more uh, free agent things here real quick. One, I'm very curious about the Pittsburgh Penguins re- not only re-signing Chris Letang, which I-, I understand why that one makes a little bit more sense, um, but it's still... That's a- kind of a long contract, well, though. It's a long contract that takes him past 40, even though he did have his best, I believe, statistical season this yeah, past better year. better be damn sure. Yeah. And then also, and here's the one, I the, the re-signing of Malkin. Is this team? I, I just don't know it. I feel like this team hasn't done anything besides just get back to kind of where they already were. Yeah. Have they done anything? Which isn't to too tr- bad. That's a pretty good team last year. Sure, I guess you're right. But I mean, I don't know. Does this? I just don't feel like they are immediate Stanley Cup contenders. No, Do you disagree? No, they're not. Uh, they're a good team in the East, though. Yeah. And if some of their young players step up a little bit and some of the old guys are healthy, like Malkin was out for almost the entire season last year. He stays healthy. Sid stays healthy. Latang is healthy. They get the good goaltending. They're there. They're in the conversation. They mm-hmm. were last year. Heck, they got into the playoffs. They did some damage. Like, they were right there. It is what it is. Sometimes you have to evaluate 
for four million dollars or whatever the heck it was, Malkin signed her. I, I forget its exact contract, but is there a better player out there when Malkin's healthy mm-hmm. no, at probably. that price? Probably not. Probably not. So you're like, hey, let's run it back here. Let's see. And Hextall's done a few things, made a few moves to add some pieces. I think they're a good club. I don't think they're a threat in the East. Uh, but when you have Sidney Crosby on your team and you have Malkin and you have Latang, you're always in the conversation. Uh, talk to me um, about – I just had it in my head and then it absolutely just went out the door. Gosh dang it. That's why I should normally write these things down. <laughs> but there was one other um, uh, curious free agent. Oh, no. Actually, it wasn't someone that is signed. It's someone that is not. Where do you think Nazem Kadri ends up? Do you think he – they figure out a way to work him back in Colorado? No. I think his days are numbered there. Um Right now, if I was to pick, it's the Islanders or the Flames. The Flames are going to have a lot of money when they trade Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. And uh, Nazem Kadri might get the best deal there because Calgary's trying to recapture some of its fan base. Uh, as far as the Islanders are concerned, something weird going on there. The Islanders haven't signed one free agent this offseason. Lou Lamorello is up to something. Okay, I believe he might be in on a Tarasenko trade. Okay, and if he can't get that done, then maybe he'll sign Kadri. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think Lou wants to spend the money on Kadri right now, because he still thinks that Tarasenko is a possibility. Now he's got to figure out what's going to come back to St. Louis, how he can manage it all, and do this and that. I think that when the Kachuk trade happens, you might see different dominoes start to fall around and Kadri could be one of them and so could Tarasenko and it would be teams that are trying to now go oh my god let's go here because if 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 the Matthew Kachuk trade happens to St. Louis Calgary's now going okay get Johnny Gaudreau on line two we need him Gaudreau now let's say he signs in Calgary the New York Islanders who were talking to Kadri Go, oh, my God, we just lost him to Calgary. Get Doug Armstrong on the phone. Let's get Tarasenko here on Long Island. All that is hypothetical, but that's kind of how it goes. My heart can't take this, man. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, 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 am, I am so unbelievably excited about the potential here, but then also nervous about what couldn't happen. It's just the best way to be a sports fan. It's fun I feel right like, now, man. Dude, it's so much fun. And you know, something that I saw yesterday that I thought was so am- absolutely amazing was that, and and I don't know the timing of this. And if you've talked about this already, I apologize for being late to the party, but I believe that there was like the all Sudbury Ontario team that was announced. Sudbury Wolves. Sudbury Wolves. And you're a part of that team. Yeah. How incredible is that for you? Wild. I, uh, have you known about that for a long time? I've known about it. Yeah. Um, but still, when you go through the entire history of the franchise, and you see the guys that have played there, and you know, and then to be picked as you know, the, there's only two defensemen that they picked for their their all time team was five players and one goalie, mm-hmm. and to be picked as one of the guys, one of the two defensemen that they put on there as the all time best players, it's an honor, man. Yeah, it's humbling for for sure, dude. I have I actually have one of your cards with Sudbury. And it's freaking amazing. First of all, your flow is just <laughs> off the charts. And you just look like this combination of just like badass. I don't know. It's just really wonderful. But I wanted to say congratulations to you for that, I man. That. That's really it's freaking fun. amazing. It's fun. You know, like I poke fun at myself a lot. And, and you know, I'm very self-deprecating 
when it comes to my NHL career, but you know, it is nice to know and be able to talk about just how good I was Mm -hmm. and for people to realize, holy crap, like this guy was a serious player. And, you know, look, I'm the second highest scoring defenseman ever in the OHL. I broke records left and right. And, you know, it was a great time there. So to be on that team, to be part of that group of six guys total, yeah, I'm honored, man. It's awesome. Uh, well, and I tell you, I, I think one of the one of the most amazing parts of doing this podcast for me, Jamie, and, and doing this with you is not only picking your brain for hockey knowledge and, and seeing you relate it to my level, which has <laughs> got to be tough sometimes, but, man, the knowledge that you have of the game, these little, like, tidbit things that you tell us, you know, through the podcast or in the halls or whatever, like... You can just tell, man, that like you know this game like inside and out. And I already, I like, I'm always like, man, at some point he's going to get a gig. He should. He knows so much, you know, doing this. But it's just really fascinating. And I love, you know, uh, love, loved seeing that yesterday. And, you know, man, it's, uh, in a time where there are a lot of things to be sad about, uh, that was just a really, Really cool thing to see, man. Congratulations. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. So uh, we're going to wrap up the old podcast, and uh, we will do this again next week. And hopefully when we do it again next week, the Blues will have a new member with the last name of Kachuk. Damn. I hope so, fun. man. I want it so bad. I think it's almost Just unhealthy. Will it to happen, <laughs> For Jamie Rivers, for Jeff Burton, I'm Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go Blues, and thanks for listening to the Last Minute Blues Podcast. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.